Greetings and salutations, Chapo listeners. It's your show for the uh, premium episode of the week. Uh, I'm Will Meneker. Joining me as always, Felix Biederman. Hello. Amber Frost. Howdy. And calling from an undisclosed location, Matt Christman. Hey, guys. Uh, throwback, throwback Thursday in the house. Matt is uh, recording with his tin can apparatus, which uh, original fans of the show will remember as one of the charming uh, coibles and foibles of the early run of Chapo Trap House. We feel really bad for him. He got stuck in an outhouse. His bum is stuck in the hole. He is speaking to us through tin can. This is just the analog way we do things. This is, a, this is DIY. Well, um... Friends, uh, we are here recording in Brooklyn as usual, but this is coming on the heels of a momentous announcement for the city of New York and its people. I'm referring, of course, about Delta City One, the new Amazon project being launched in the borough of Queens and its very own Long Island City. That's right. The city of the future will be built by Amazon, one half of their new mega biodome mothership will land and inaugurate our new corporate statehood in the borough of Queens and somewhere in suburban Virginia. Who cares? Um, Bill de Blasio, who has uh, previously undertaken the curious step of pretending to be Italian, <laughs> uh, has decided to completely bypass city council and Andrew Cuomo has decided to bypass the state legislature because this is more important. It's important. We need those jobs. And it's so important that we are matching 48000 per job created. Wonderful. We love it. It's, you know, the most important thing about the Amazon HQ is that it's going to bring 25,000 jobs to New York City, high-paying, good jobs in New York City over the next 10 years at a cost of $48,000 per job and overall about $3 billion in uh, tax breaks for the world's richest company. It's a steal, folks. You gotta make that deal when you can. I mean, you know, you gotta say though, what else could New York spend the money on? Everything else is doing fine, right? Yeah. Right, no, right. we've we've reached peak performance as a city right now. Yeah. So we can be a little flash with our cash and we can get that Amazon style um a workers cafeteria dome into Long Island City. And if I can quote our mayor, uh Bill De Bungler, this will be the world's largest company right next to the world's largest housing project, and the synergy will be incredible. Yeah, Bill de Blasio saw that famous picture of Brazil from the disgusting condo with little uh, patio-top pools right next to the favela and was like, wonderful, look at all the synergy. The <laughs> I want New York City to look like that. 20,000 meniscus mold bug coding freaks will have all of the underclass they want to dissect and conduct experiments on in their free time. You guys are missing out the silver lining. I always say there's a silver lining to every puddle of Bodanga diarrhea water. <laughs> and uh, the silver lining here is this will be a boom for the first-person essay community who will be able to write, by my calculations, 30,000 extra articles a year about having unsatisfying sex with a tech guy. Yeah, We're going to become like the UK where like 30% of our economy is based off of Guardian hot takes. If your name is Lucinda Grunch... <laughs> <laughs> this is your time. This is your time to shine. Um, someone made this joke on uh, Twitter. I forget who they are, but I read it and it like it really it chilled me to my soul because I know it's going to come true. The Amazon HQ in Long Island City, as I mentioned, will be right next to the Queensbridge Projects, you know, largest public housing complex in America, and home to some of the 
our nation's finest rappers. And someone made this as a joke, but I guarantee you it's going to be true. In the new Amazon headquarters, all of the conference rooms will be named for songs on Illmatic. That, that's going to happen. Cool. And they're probably going to awesome. get, they're probably going to hire somebody to be sort of an in-house rapper. <laughs> so every time they have a conference or something, he comes out and he, does, he spits some bars about Jeff Bezos. Well, yeah, I mean, the future is, is uh, feudalism, but court jesters will come back, but they will be like, you know, spitting wonderful intellectual, lyrical, miracle ciphers or doing like millennial stand-up comedy about Tinder. <laughs> and we love I'm it. I'm really excited now, that, we, that we brought back feudalism and we got rid of all of the job security and time off. <laughs> <laughs> um. Now, uh, Felix, you mentioned it earlier, but um, all of the what would normally be uh, subject to city zoning laws, regulations, and the city council is now being completely bypassed by uh, this decision. Because isn't all of this going to be run through Andrew Cuomo's personal private development corporation? Indeed, it is very cool. We very love it. Tight. We love it. We love it. We love it. And oh as, man, New Yorkers! New Yorkers, by the way, pretty much. They, uh, uh, in the primary, two to one went for Cuomo. I'm sorry, this is a fucking state of credulous boobs. <laughs> you are a bunch of fucking boobs. Now, he promised he would fix the subway, okay? And it happened. They handed out all those pamphlets, and now people know that you just got to use your feet like a Flintstones car. When it <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? When the UK finally dissolves, just sell this fucking hunk of shit of a state to the UK immortal Theresa May Confederacy. Get rid of it. Get this out of our fucking country. Awful. I, Felix, the views of Felix Peterman do not reflect necessarily those of Chapo Trap House or Large Sons LLC. Uh, now you do, now Matt, you did mention, uh, we did mention bringing back feudalism, and I would like to use this opportunity to maybe pitch our humble show as the next sort of innovation hub that will revitalize maybe one of America's currently moribund towns or uh, small cities. So if you are willing to sign a contract that waives all state, local, and federal laws on our behalf, um, allows us to um, hunt people in the deadliest game style fashion, to um, exercise the right of prima nocta, <laughs> on um, any anyone within the municipality and generally just be sort of receive supplicants who annually pay a tax in wheat, uh, rice, maybe some other kind of grain or livestock. Human and blood. We will accept human blood. The Elizabeth Bathory program. Right. Uh, Amber right. will be spearheading that Gotta measure. Gotta keep it cute. Gotta uh, keep it cute. Ben Wheatley's new film, long-awaited sequel to A, fil a Field in England, England, A Field in Bushwick, coming soon. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, also, uh, if any of the young men um, within the township or city or county um, can be sort of gang pressed into uh, militia service, should we have to go to war against another podcast? Yeah. Also, uh, just, you know, words of encouragement for any, uh, you know, parents out there striving, working two jobs, one as a uh, stand up comic, one as a podcaster to make ends meet to buy some dusty bodanga sandwiches. <laughs> Uh, make your son as big as possible because Jeff Bezos is going to need some Janissaries. <laughs> you can earn yourself a better life in New York. Now, obviously, uh, the, the, for, as far as New York goes, I mean, there are some 
local politicians here who are making a stink about how much the city has given away to have, you know, these jobs created by Amazon and their new wonder facility, uh, portraying, I guess, a certain level of skepticism about what we're the city is really getting in terms of what it's giving up. But for the most part, this is all being hailed as great, great news for the city. And not only that, but like for the surrounding areas who could, this this is being sold as sort of a path to the middle class for people in Queensbridge and East New York. Oh, it's really going to boost a lot of like retired trade economies. Like, like palanquin makers are going to all of a sudden have a lot of work. People are really underlooking that. Um, uh, people who make, say, uh, bejeweled bridles for horses and elephants. Uh, it's going to be great. I mean, as much as I'd like to say New York is uniquely terrible, and it is, this is probably your future in the state you're in, too. Yeah. It's just maybe it's, it's not just Amazon. The it's yeah, just maybe the it's not Amazon or it's some, it may be something else. I mean, Christ, Illinois just elected fucking. Uh, the kid from Dinosaurs, J.B. Pritzker, you think he's not going to try to do some goofy shit like this? This is the direction it's all going in. Every go- governor, people yelled at me a few years ago when I said, governor, it's the easiest job in government. You're just a, fo- you're Mayor Quimby. That's the job of every governor. You're just some fucking credulous, grinning idiot who stumbles around shaking hands and doing deals, non-specific deals that sell away your pension to whoever. And this is the future of being a governor. You just kneel before Jeff Bezos or Mark Zuckerberg or whoever, and you just lick the, you just lick until you can see your own reflection in their vibrant five fingers. And they put in a huge, huge complex in your state so uh, a select 0.05% of your population doesn't starve to death. Wonderful. Yeah, to do another Simpsons reference, this really is the Hank Scorpio model. You know, yeah. like the, the Bezos is, and, and we're going to talk about Facebook in a second. Why doesn't but, someone build a queen that works? <laughs> but um, what I find terrifying is that the cities who lost out on this like years-long bidding process where they literally, like Felix said, rolled out the carpet and just and, you know, licked Bezos up and down, made him just real sloppy top, up and down, <laughs> left, right, and center, you know? They're still begging him to change his mind, and like they're like, no, 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 we'll we'll liquidate all our homeless. No, 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 no. Like, like you literally can can uh, have my daughter, Mr. Bezos, sir. You can use my asshole as an Amazon Prime pantry delivery station. <clears throat> and when when they were doing this whole courtship process, where every city in America was just like, no, we'll literally do anything if you build. It's like on the one, it really is underscoring how much more powerful a giant corporation like Amazon is than any single state. And it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be at all. The state has so many wonderful powers that they just don't use. They just don't use them. And uh, here we are. But what do we say? We love it. Oh, we love it. We love it. it. Deals. Deals. We love the deals. How is this different than Donald Trump, by the way? How is any... How... What is... Beyond some a few things, what is the immediate difference between the, this? Is what Donald Trump would do if he was governor of New York. This is the exact same it, fucking thing. It's what exactly- uh, Scott Walker uh, was doing in Wisconsin. They, they were paying something like a hundred thousand dollars a head for Foxconn jobs in a factory they were building there to, to to lure manufacturing back from China, and it was the same. Just absurd. And they were also going to uh, give them like a special. They're also going to give them a special lane for any kind of legal uh, challenges or, cha- or, or issues they have where they can kind of bypass traditional uh, like legal channels. 
and uh, and oh, uh, exemption from environmental regulations. It's all the same fucking playbook. It's like you have all this public, uh, all these, all this public money, all these public resources, and you can't just use them to stimulate the economy or or create jobs or whatever. You have to funnel them through these mega corporations for some weird reason. Public sector investment has is just at this point been completely abandoned. And like Matt said, it's entirely about luring. Like they want to lure capital. There's no sense that they have any power over, um, and like Felix said, they do. They literally could do this. They could pass laws that would require a certain amount of domestic work to be done in the state, done in the state, in the city, whatever. And they just don't. They just don't. It's all about appeasement to big capital. Yeah, I mean, honestly... After being governor or after being senator or whatever, you had to uh, be sent to the farm upstate. Can you imagine how much better the world would be? Because this, that's all it is. It's that Andrew Cuomo can't face a world where he can't have like, you know, he can't make $10 million to show up to an office to do nothing. That's all this is, is just these fucking cockroaches securing the securing a future where their children have to work even less. It's them securing lobbying jobs or like no-show partnerships in in uh, white shoe law firms. That's all that literally this is just like this is just like an internship program for the lobbyists of the future. We're going to get we're going to get into an even more uh, stunning example of that when we talk about Facebook in just a second, but I mean it's like let's talk about, you know, this Amazon headquarters thing like as part of this years-long you know, process where they were courted and lured by every city in America, I remember reading a lot from like sort of uh, you know, tech utopians and people who think Amazon is great. And they kept talking about how, like, how great it would be if Amazon would move their headquarters to like, a really struggling city like Newark or something like that to really revitalize like, an you know, otherwise decimated American city. And guess what happened? Amazon ended up move- splitting the headquarters in two between... New York City and the Virginia suburbs, two of the richest places in America. And the reason they did it was because New York City in particular has such a high density population of people with a college, with a graduate or sorry, with a bachelor's degree or higher. It's something like 2.3 million people. So they want to come to New York because of how educated the population is. But if that's the case and they wanted all like two, a, a place with two, you know, that many millions of highly educated people, why do we need to pay them 48 grand for each fucking job they create? Couldn't they just come here and pay taxes like any other fucking business? They also were always going there. That's the real fucking joke of it. They were never going to go to Newark. They were never going to go to Detroit. They were never going to go to Columbus. They were never going to go anywhere where they would have had to put in more money to sort of create the infrastructure to make their presence there viable. They were going to the financial capital of the world, of the country and the governmental capital. And population they density. To to those those uh, power sources. And population density. I mean, like, the idea that you would even have uh, enough housing in Columbus to, you know, uh, provide for the, the company town that Amazon is trying to build is ludicrous. And so yeah, what they did is they just got all of these cities to give them all of their demographic data, including stuff that's not publicly available, and tell them exactly how far they would go to appease them. These kind of insane deals they were willing to make. And Chicago was willing to give them uh, discretionary control over the uh, the city uh, taxes that their employees pay, like that level of control. And now they have that data. <laughs> oh my god, we love it! 
Oh, Rom, you fucking cockroach. I hope they gave you part of your finger back, you little fucking <laughs> sniveling rat piece of shit. Fuck you. I mean, and, and meanwhile, like the Atlantic, by the way, just ran another one of these why aren't millennials having sex pieces? <laughs> Have you seen this? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I saw the course. headline. If they but... always want to give any explanation that doesn't factor in political economy. It's not that like people live with nine other people, either are unemployed or work 60 hours a week and are on so many antidepressants their dicks don't work. No, it's probably because Netflix. If you're not willing to fuck my entire gaming clan, we're not fucking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but like people are looking in more into these the, the actual contracts that have been drawn up between Amazon and New York and this other place in Virginia that we don't care about. And, you know, I mean... Just on the cursory glance, the language that they use and they talk about what the city's, you know, owes Amazon are, are talked about in terms of their duties, obligations, you know, uh, demands, et cetera. And everything that Amazon, you know, is contractually obligated as far as the city is talked of in terms of agreements and conversations. And I would, I, you know, I'm no expert. I'm not going to read this entire fucking contract, but I could pretty much guarantee you there is language in there that indemnifies Amazon from abiding by any law should the city council pass anything that would uh, tax them at, or, or at all, or like they basically gives them immunity to do whatever they want, bypassing the city's entire government. And again, if you want to talk about the future, look at things like NAFTA and the TPP, which literally allow corporations to bypass the law of any country that is a signator, a signee to this treaty and literally turns over any law that would apply to them to a council of corporate lawyers. A, tri- a literal it's tribunal a private, of corporate lawyers. It's a cri- private, like, extranational government. This is this is OCP shit, and, you know, Delta City One is coming to New York and the borough of Queens. Moving on, I want to talk, you know, continue with our tech theme for today. I think we should talk about this gigantic article in the New York Times that came out the other day about uh, Facebook and its efforts to do damage control in the midst of people freaking out about Russia and Cambridge Analytica and hate speech and all of the nefarious ways that they use uh, your data and its platform to generally make the world a worse place. By the way, uh, I think that uh, the New York Times owes us some money, the failing New York Times, (laughs) because literally we have to have boosted their subscribership by at least half by making fun of them. Failing New York Times definitely owes us money, and we'd be willing to move our Chapo Trap House headquarters to the New York Times building mm-hmm. if they allow us to dress Ross Douthat in a little sailor outfit and put a sort of Big curly, lolly. A curly wig on him and make him carry around a gigantic lollipop at all times of the day. I'm we not going to do that. You know what they got on the, uh, the, on the ground floor of the uh, New York Times building? Motherfucking schnippers. Yeah. Ooh. Let's go. Okay. As part of our contract with the failing New York Times, if Schnippers is even 30 seconds late delivering one of our cheeseburgers or treats, the delivery man and manager responsible will be beheaded. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say it's, it, look, it's in legalese. It's in the very fine print. I'm not going to say what we're going to have Frank Bruni do for us. It will, but we will also, you know, provide benefits to the New York Times. Uh, we will, uh, you know, teach Maureen Dowd the limits and the joys of lean. Uh, I will give Paul Krugman the courage once again to be just even a basic Keynesian as he was 10 years ago. Uh, it will be a mutually beneficial relationship. You don't even know what we have in store for Michael no. Barbro. Oh, Mikey Barbs. Um, he, let's just say he will be taking the subway to work. 
Yeah, no, fact, he will he, be protected. In fact, he will be living in the sublight full time <laughs> now. And also, I, I think he can be reached. So as part of our, again, as part of our contract with the Philly New York Times, Brett Stevens is going to be put on a daily regimen of mids. He's going to have to yeah. smoke a seed blunt at least once a day. <laughs> and after six months of that, I think like his brain will be ready for uh, just, you know, re- reformatting and refitting. It's and cool. by that, I mean we're going to take his brain out and put it in another person's body. <laughs> I was just thinking about the Donald Trump, uh, my dad gives great brain page. <laughs> okay. It's called Good Genes. So um, let's talk about this, uh, this Facebook article because it is a really, in my opinion, a fairly stunning portrait of what we were talking about, of these gigantic mega tech corporations and their rather absurd and hilarious influence over our government and the completely half-assed and bird-brained attempts to uh, regulate them. (laughs) Imagine that. Mm -hmm. So this is how the article begins. Sheryl Sandberg was seething. Mm. Inside Facebook's Menlo Park, California headquarters, top executives gathered... She's mad because it was called Menlo and not Womenlo. (laughs) Top executives gathered in the glass-walled conference room of its founder, Mark Zuckerberg. It was September 2017, more than a year after Facebook engineers discovered suspicious Russian-linked activity on its site, an early warning of the Kremlin campaign to disrupt the 2016 American election. But it wasn't the looming disaster at Facebook that angered Ms. Sandberg. It was the social network's security chief, Alex Stamos, who had informed the company board members the day before that Facebook had yet to contain the Russian infestation. Mr. Stamos's briefing had prompted a humiliating boardroom interrogation of Ms. Sandberg, Facebook's chief operating officer, and her billionaire boss. She appeared to regard the admission as a betrayal. You threw us under the bus, she yelled at Mr. Stamos, according to people who were present. Just imagine this is Adolf Hitler's bunker, but every all the walls are glass, and it's called like the Redwood Conference Center instead of like the Eagle's Nest or something. Oh man, I would love to drink arsenic that was made in a juicero. <laughs> <laughs> um, going on here, it says um, in Washington, allies of Facebook, including Senator Chuck Schumer, the Democratic Senate leader, intervened on its behalf, and Ms. Sandberg wooed or cajoled hostile lawmakers while trying to dispel Facebook's reputation as a bastion of Bay Area liberalism. While Zuckerberg conducted a public apology tour in the last year, Ms. Sandberg had overseen an aggressive lobbying campaign to combat Facebook's critics, shift public anger toward rival companies, and ward off damaging reputations, damaging regulation. Facebook employed a Republican-led a Republican opposition research firm to discredit activist protesters in part by linking them to liberal financier George Soros. It also tapped its business relationships, lobbying a Jewish civil rights group to cast some criticism of the company as anti-Semitic. So let's start with that. Mm-hmm. The first, the, the Republican-led uh, the, like PR firm that they hired is, call, is linked uh, to Tim Miller, who is a member of the Pod Save America Crooked Media Empire. And the name, of this, uh, the name of this firm is called Definers. Okay. I, I, y- y- oh, man. D.C. is just that entire world of uh, Republicans. Why is everything actually RoboCop now, though? Like, why does everything sound like RoboCop But it's, now? like, less creative than the people in RoboCop. Like, decide. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, no, the if you wrote that on the script... And said, yeah, they're called def- definers. Verhoeven would kick you in the balls and say, try again. Yeah, yeah it sounds is, like a note. That's, that's hack work. 
It sounds like a placeholder that like they like they like put in like the definers and then they're like, okay, we'll fix that. Obviously, that's stupid. We'll fix that later in rewrites. But then they just never did. Yeah, my my uh, my GOP consulting firm, Idea Brain, comes <laughs> comes up with brilliant ideas like. George Soros is a fucking Jew. <laughs> like it's like you're literally just pay, paying. We're, Got him. We're, we're gonna get to our favorite supporting character in this in a second, but you're paying the guy with the fuck my shit up guy haircut from the John podcast uh, to just be your uncle. That's just your uncle that you don't want to talk to. <laughs> have the same ideas. In October 2017, Facebook expanded its work with Washington-based consultant Definers Public Affairs that had originally been hired to monitor press coverage of the company. Founded by veterans of Republican presidential politics, Definers specialized in applying political campaign tactics to corporate public relations, an approach long employed in Washington by big telecommunications firms and activist hedge fund managers, but less common in tech. Definers had established a Silicon Valley outpost earlier that year, led by Tim Miller, a former spokesman for Jeb Bush, who preached the virtues of campaign-style opposition research. For tech firms, he argued in one interview, a goal should be to have, quote, positive content pushed out about your company and negative content that's pushed out about your competitor. Imagine paying for that kind of advice. Yeah. I bet on his resume he said, I came up with the exclamation point. (laughs) It just, like, I'm not even... Anyone who's shocked by this, you're just a precious little baby. I mean, you literally think that Jeb would be that much different than the president we have now because he was just sort of an affable nerd to you. But the more offensive thing to me, really, is that Tim Miller is so fucking such a completely perfunctory person. You could lit- you could just add- find a middle schooler who calls his enemy gay <laughs> and he would have the same advice as this fucking non-entity well obviously uh john john and john are taking a little bit of heat about this right now because the one good republican that they hired i think quote in their words i think they said you know we don't agree with tim he worked against obama in two camp presidential campaigns but he has important thoughts about the republican party in the age of trump who yeah yeah you can't find that literally anywhere else you can't open up literally any fucking newspaper in america and find all the republicans who are exactly like this fucking moron it's just like yeah, who he's a member fucking Trumper, which cares? He has nothing to say about anyone who he has nothing in- influential or interesting to say about anything and in this he shows that all of that veneer falls away as soon as somebody's money's on the line somebody's gonna say a bad thing about facebook and all of a sudden this horror it's stirring up anti-semitism doesn't really mean anything it, it but it's just like who fu- you found oh you found a Republican who unfavorably compares this guy to Ronald Reagan. Oh my God! Listen oh, wait till I pull a nickel out of your fucking ear. That still that still surprises you, you fucking stupid baby. Listen to this. It's about- so fucking dumb. I, I, it's got to be cynical though, right? They can't possibly yeah. think like they have. Like he has important thoughts, which, by the way, is about to be the name of, of a think tank. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, obviously, like the 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 big pull from this is that uh the the one of the pod save america guys is literally running a republican pr firm that's like yo facebook's critics out they're jews (laughs) (laughs) but listen to this this is this is more interesting in my opinion 
Facebook quickly adopted that strategy. That strategy being have positive content published about your content company and negative content <laughs> published about your competitor. So listen to this. In November 2017, the social network came out in favor of a bill called the Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act, which made internet companies responsible for sex trafficking ads on their sites. Google and others had fought the bill for months, worrying it would set a cumbersome precedent. But the sex trafficking bill was championed by Senator John Thune, a Republican of South Dakota who had pummeled Facebook over accusations that it censored conservative content, and Senator Richard Blumenthal, a Connecticut Democrat and senior Commerce Committee member who is a frequent, committee, a frequent critic of Facebook. Facebook broke ranks with other tech companies, hoping the move would help repair relations on both sides of the aisle said two congressional staffers and three tech industry officials. When the bill came to a vote in the House in February, Ms. Sandberg offered a public support online, urging Congress to, quote, make sure we, can- we pass meaningful and strong regu- legislation to stop sex trafficking. That's really what they were worried about, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. They're really worried about that sex trafficking. Yeah. Well, we all wow. know how much tech is averse to exploitation. What a, what a, what a great world. Have I told you guys when I figured world. out that Facebook does like know about me that that actually freaked me out? What? Because every once in a while, like they'll advertise like like something weird to me, like you know, uh, non-alcoholic artisanal spirits, and I'll be like, "Whew! Thank God they have no idea who I am." But about six months ago, before I ha- had gone through a big long deactivation thing, I realized that Facebook knows when I'm going to get my period. Oh, I told them, sorry. <laughs> I no, I, seriously. I you. Like a few days before, they start advertising those horrible neoliberal menstrual panties <laughs> and um, one of those little, like a, the, the little electrical whatever. Uh, like a heating pad? Gadget thing. I think it's actually electroshock therapy. I think it's actually like a like the Etsy-fied version of like Freud's prescriptions for hysteria (laughs) like and also chocolate and red meat they i swear to god they know when i'm ovulating that's when i get advertisements for dating websites i don't even know when i'm gonna get my period i don't even know when i'm gonna get my period and i swear to god they know I, that's because you're opposed to neoliberalism and if you were more in favor of neoliberalism you would have all the apps and, have all and, the apps. And, and i would be electroshocking uh, my uterus <laughs> yeah yeah i've uh, you would get you would get a text on your phone that says you're spotting <laughs> <laughs> i've uh, purposely been i've purposely spent the last two years trying to wreck the algorithm around me and i think i've succeeded because they've completely given up the ads i get are just like the ads i get on t- they're just like Try a Philadelphia cream cheese. I don't fucking <laughs> I don't fucking know what you like, dude. <laughs> like you just you can't figure it out because one second can't catch you. Yeah, you can't get me because it's like you're, one you're, second you're serpentining. You're yeah. serpentining around the web. One second I'm watching an interview with one of the founders of the Aryan Brotherhood prison gang. <laughs> the next the next I'm watching a clown step highlight of my favorite pro gamers. Then the next second it just nasheeds for three hours. You can't get me. Yeah, well, you're, you've destroyed their ability to correctly algorithm you, but you've also destroyed your brain in the process. Well, well price I mean, some, freedom. it's like all every muscle. You have to destroy it to make it stronger. Well, I, I worry sometimes that the algorithm 
you know, has me pegged as like the biggest douchebag in the world. And I worry that that may be true because I keep getting targeted ads for like artisanal whiskey soaked toothpicks for $60 a, <laughs> a jar or whatever, or like something called the world's best matches. <laughs> You know, and it's just like it I comes in a beautiful box. Those matches yeah. are pretty good. All right. So listen to this. This is another point in the article where they're talking about like when the, the Cambridge Analytica stuff broke and people were, again, mad at Facebook that they were selling all their data to this fucking shady company with uh, unsavory associations. And this is to the strategy of like contrasting yourself with your competitors. Like Apple was getting in on it. And Tim Cook said in an MSNBC interview, we're not going to traffic in your personal life. Privacy to us is a human right. It's a civil liberty. Mr. Cook's criticisms infuriated Mr. Zuckerberg, who later ordered his management team to use only Android phones, arguing that the operating system had far more users than Apple's. Facebook scrambled anew. Executives quietly shelved an internal communications campaign called We Get It, meant to assure employees <laughs> that the company was committed to getting back on track in 2018. Then Facebook. <laughs> they had originally gone with our bad, but decided it had bad optics. <laughs> then Facebook went on the offensive. Mr. Kaplan prevailed on Ms. Sandberg to promote Kevin Martin, a former FCC commission, FCC chairman and fellow Bush administration veteran, to lead the company's American lobbying efforts. Facebook also expanded its work with definers. On a conservative news site called NTK Network, Dozens of articles blasted Google and Apple for unsavory business practices. One story called Mr. Cook hypocritical for chiding Facebook over privacy, noting that Apple also collects reams of data from users. Another played down the impact of the Russians' use of Facebook. The rash of news coverage was no accident. NTK is an affiliate of Definers, sharing offices and staff with the public relations firm in Arlington, Virginia. Many NTK network stories were written by staff members at Definers or America Rising, the company's political opposition research arm to attack their clients' enemies. While the NTK network does not have a large audience of its own, its content is frequently picked up by popular conservative outlets, including Breitbart. Wow, amazing how that works. How these like, you know, Breitbart, four, friend of the pod. Yeah, how like four people in an office in Arlington, Virginia can just publish an article be like, it's like, you know, Tim Cook supports sex trafficking and is gay as hell. <laughs> and then, like, that article, like, just they just hit publish, and then, like, it gets picked up by this network of uh, conservative blogs and news outlets. Interesting. Mr. Miller acknowledged that Facebook and Apple do not directly compete. Definer's work on Apple is funded by a third technology company, he said. But Facebook has pushed back against Apple because Mr. Cook's criticism upset Facebook. Here's what gets really funny. Hold on. Facebook angry. That's amazing. It's become sentient. It's like Hal. Oh, my God. If Facebook, the Matrix is just Facebook, that means that Michael and Tom's Facebook guys will be Neo and Morpheus. <laughs> all right. Here, no, they're here. all Joey pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, I want to come back as fucking Justin Verlander, dude. <laughs> Yo, all I see is Kate Upton, Ada, Kate Upton, Kate Upton. <laughs> this is where it gets good, though. By then... I'm skipping ahead now. Some of the harshest criticism of Facebook was coming from the political left, where activists and policy experts had begun calling for the company to be broken up. I would like to call for that again right now. I think it should be nationalized and then shuttered. You're going to get sniped as soon as you walk yeah. out of my apartment. No, I just want to say, big fan of Facebook. You guys keep killing it. You guys are the reason that people all over the world can connect with people. 
at the tip of their fingers. We love it. Please don't, don't harass. Uh, I'm getting new internet no. next week. I just want to play for it. But play seriously, it though, like me. we're talking about things the state can do. Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon should all be nationalized. Yeah, they should all be taken over course. by the state 100%. immediately. Yeah. Look, China, maybe some issues, but their attitude towards the internet is not wrong. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that one, my dude. Bring it back. Bring it back. No, no, no. Not, not your best post, Amber. Yikes, we my dude. We got to do it. We got to do it. I mean, Amber's look, like, you're lucky I didn't say North Korea. Amber. That's my compromise. Look, China Amber, is my compromise. Amber just wants to use Facebook and the internet to keep track of all her Uyghur friends. <laughs> <laughs> you got to check in. You got to check in. Okay. Oh, I was, I'm, I've been done with that phase for years. <laughs> In July, organizers with a coalition called Freedom from Facebook crashed a hearing of the House Judiciary Committee where a company executive was testifying about its policies. As the executive spoke, the organizers held aloft signs depicting Ms. Sandberg and Mr. Zuckerberg, who are both Jewish, as two heads of an octopus stretching around the globe. <laughs> Eddie Vale, I wonder if you can guess where this is going. Eddie Vale, a Democratic public relations strategist who led the protest, later said the image was meant to evoke old cartoons of Standard Oil, the Gilded Age monopoly. But a Facebook official quickly called the Anti-Defamation League, a leading Jewish civil rights organization, to flag the sign. Facebook and other tech companies had partnered with the civil rights group since late 2017 on an initiative to combat anti-Semitism and hate speech online. That afternoon, the ADL issued a warning from its Twitter account. Depicting Jews as an octopus encircling the globe is a classic anti-Semitic trope, the organization wrote. Protest Facebook or anyone all you want, but pick a different image. The criticism was soon echoed in conservative outlets, including the Washington Free Beacon, which has sought to tie freedom from Facebook to what the publication calls extreme anti-Israel groups. So keep this in mind. It just came out this week that Facebook was literally allowing people to advertise and make money to anyone who is interested in hashtag white genocide. And this is, this is their efforts to combat anti-Semitism and hate speech on their yeah. platform. It ends up getting the ADL to co-sign some bullshit about how protesting their monopolistic practices and oligarchic tendencies is anti-Semitic. That's yeah. how seriously these people take anti-Semitism. Well, I would urge you guys not to take this lightly because my ancestors were killed and had to flee Europe because they were just trying to build a good data algorithm <laughs> in the 18, 1890s. Here's what, here's what else Definers was up to. Um, uh, a research document circulated by Definers to re reporters this summer, just a month after the House hearing, cast Mr. Soros as the unacknowledged force behind what appeared to be a broad anti-Facebook movement. Definers pressed reporters to explore the financial connections between Mr. Soros's family or philanthropies and groups that were members of Freedom from Facebook, such as Color of Change, an online racial justice organization, as well as a progressive group founded by Mr. Soros's son. Definers also circulated research about other critics of Facebook, such as Diamond and Silk, the pro-Trump social media stars who had claimed they were treated unfairly by Facebook. In at least one instance, the company also relied on Mr. Schumer, the New York senator and Senate Democratic leader. He has a long work to advance Silicon Valley's interests on issues such as commercial drone regulations and patent reform. During the 2016 election cycle, he raised more money from Facebook employees than any other member of Congress. Mr. Schumer, Mr. Schumer 
also has a personal connection to Facebook. His daughter, Allison, joined the firm out of college and is now a marketing manager in Facebook's New York office. In July, as Facebook's troubles threatened to cost the company billions of dollars in market value, Mr. Schumer confronted Mr. Warner, that's Mark Warner, senator from Virginia, by then Facebook's most insistent inquisitor in Congress. Back off, he told Mr. Warner, according to a Facebook employee briefed on Mr. Schumer's intervention. Mr. Warner should not be looking for ways, should be looking for ways to work with Facebook, Mr. Schumer advised, not harm it. Now, this is now our, our new, this is the Senate minority leader, keep in mind, Chuck Schumer, the senator from New York. One, this is about, that thing about his daughter and telling Mark Warner to like, now, now, let's, come on, take it easy. We want to work with Facebook, not against them. This is about as close to like just textbook old style graft and corruption as these things usually get. I mean, it just is. I mean, you, you know what's really amazing? You can't even put it into numbers. How many people's lives have been made worse because our senators and our governors, our representatives can't make an extra phone call to get their kid a fake job. It just has to be that much easier. The world is just immeasurably worse for this. Taken as a whole, you know, I recommend reading the whole article, but taking it as a whole, it reveals both how basically nobody either in Facebook. Capital or in, has no conscience. Well, not That's that it, too long. Don't read. It's not that it doesn't have a conscience. Is that like this? This is all just Keystone cop shit from like the Facebook boardroom to anyone on Washington who's like trying to regulate them or figure out what Russia did to, to, to infect the election or hate speech or how they're using your data for nefarious purposes. It just seems to me that like nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. And this is all just Keystone cop bullshit. But it appears, I mean, they know what they're doing in so much as they don't want to be regulated in any meaningful way. Yeah, and they, of course. And they seem to be getting their way as far as that goes. But they just keep like, you know, uh, the company scrapped its uh, initial initiative called We'll Get Better. I got you, fam. And not our best look. <laughs> yeah, but you say that, but is there any like repercussion for them? This just sounds like they're like I, Facebook is fine. No, I mean, no. Happen to Facebook? Yeah, no, they will be fine. No, they'll be fine. Yeah, like they're not. Nothing is going to happen to them. Yeah, Uh, their incompetence will, you know, not hurt them in any way. They're just that big. But I mean, like the 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 interesting subtext here is like the the whole anti-Semitism thing, and the you know George Soros got a pipe bomb mailed to him the other week. But the ways in which uh, the ADL. And then uh, what, like Breitbart and the Washington Free Beacon? Yeah, it's completely cynical. And like the ways, like Breitbart, for instance, is like just openly like anti-Semitic. Uh, you know, as, as close to the alt right has is like a foothold in media. It would be Breitbart and the Daily Caller. Mm-hmm. But then what? The Washington Free Beacon just hopping on this gravy train to pretend that protesting Facebook is anti-Semitic because you used an octopus to portray their you know uh, corruption and sort of blanketing of the globe hey will what and matt and amber chris and all the listeners check this out schindler's friend list (laughs) (laughs) can i get an okay now this is epic (laughs) simply this sir (laughs) um but yeah i mean i i think this is a like and then with humor with his daughter and then like all these you know the way they're angry at apple and then they put out some, st- we're for the Stop Sex Trafficking Act, unlike Google and Apple. Like, this is just a really farcical portrayal of just how media and 
consulting and PR and government really actually works. Well, and, I mean, and, 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 you know, and Facebook is not going to stop selling your data or profiting off the dissemination of hate speech or, I don't know, anything. Well, you know, the thing you can look forward to is uh, selling yourself as a mercenary in the war between large tech companies. That is the future. Posting is the new warfare, and the new Blackwater are the best posters. So look forward to it. Hone your skills in the battlefield and get ready to sell them to the highest bidder. You can be the online equivalent of the uh, Colombian mercenaries the Saudis paid to continue to lose their war in Yemen. I have a comment here, which is that I think we're all left a little like shrugging our shoulders like, well, this is the way it is. Partially because you read this article on Facebook and you're like, well, there's clearly something wrong here because it's allowing large corporations to like manipulate the psyche of huge swaths of people in unaccountable ways. But the problem is, is that like, that's just what Facebook does. Like we've all accepted Facebook into the world as like, this is its sole function. And so when you read an article, you're like this, you kind of left with, yeah, that's its point. That's what it does. And until we like come up with a real articulation of like, why this is essentially wrong and cannot happen anymore, you're left without a, a like a real substantial critique. And all you have are these endless circles of graft and people in power supporting each other and capital sloshing around to support this function that is essentially bad, but we cannot positively I think people know it's wrong. I think there is a natural inclination, particularly among Americans, uh, toward privacy. It's just that we don't have the kind of democratic political power to be like, how the fuck are we going to reel this in at the moment? So, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it wasn't mentioned in this article, but another uh, thread I'd like to bring up is that, like, in their ham-fisted attempts to, like, be like, oh, like, you know, there's all this hate speech and, like, you know, uh, neo-Nazis are using our platform to, you know, uh, radicalize people or organize or whatever. And, oh, like Trump, oh, maybe, oh, God, did our, the website we create help Trump get elected? Oh, gosh. Uh, so, like, part of that is, like, the, the news algorithms about what news stories get shared. And, fa- and conservative media has dominated that on Facebook. So to combat that, Facebook has now created some sort of star chamber council of, like, uh, you know, fact checkers and tattletales. Chief mm-hmm. among them includes the, weekly, the editors of the Weekly Standard are now literally have an editorial role in terms of what Facebook stories are graded on their truthfulness or not. And granted, this, like, Facebook is the news source for so many old people. Yeah. Like, so many old people. I mean, we've talked about this on the show before. Obviously, you know how we feel about what, you know, whether Russian creating Facebook, Russia creating Facebook accounts swung the election. And you know how we feel in general about, you know, uh, that whole issue or like then there's the hate speech stuff and then the fake news. And I would say I think we've been pretty clear on this show that the single largest problem with Facebook and why it should be dissolved tomorrow is exposing boomers and old people to the Internet. Mm. That is the main problem with Facebook and why it should be stopped. It's a public health concern. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Boomers should get their own version of like the Elsa and Joker videos that are algorithm algorithm sized for kids. (laughs) <laughs> but it's like, you know, their guys, it's like, what would the boomer version of that be? It would be like, it would be like, um, the Smothers Brothers and, and fucking, uh, oh, I like the Smothers Dick Cavett. Brothers. 
I love Dick Cavett. <laughs> yeah, that should just be their internet. He was a reassuring uh, voice of reason. Oh, and uh, just, you know, and there's nothing wrong with the Smothers Brothers and Elsa. It's just like, you know, you need something to keep boomers, keep them occupied. They need yeah. their little binky, just yeah. like for, you know, YouTube for kids. Absolutely. They shouldn't be allowed to read articles or share them. They just get to watch these videos. Just a closed-circuit boomer internet. Yeah, there should be, like, a, a ninja for boomers, but he plays, like, I don't know, fucking uh, Boggle. Bridge. Yeah, Bridge. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that, that's too old for boomers. It's too old. Yeah, yeah too okay. Old. Uh, Do they play anything? Um, They're not a playful people. Tetherball. <laughs> yeah okay yeah no that's it they'll, they'll have a nice little world for the yeah it'll be fine but i mean again like just again like the way when, every time facebook has like you know cheryl sandberg ms lean in you know miss mm-hmm. corporate conscience of america who wants you know your job to be the primary means through which you enact social change and justice in the world mm-hmm. uh, as the ceo of a gigantic moloch like company or mark zuckerberg who you know again, has these periodic pangs of humanity where he has to pretend like, hello, fellow humans. Yeah. Like, I feel bad. I that, bring you love. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I feel bad that the uh, smash book I created to creep on women in college has now become this um, global monstrosity. So let, here, let me give some uh, money to a charity or something like that. Is that like, and also like speak before Congress after they give me like a little booster seat to say, maybe there should be regulation as long as I'm in charge of it. Yeah, exactly. Like now that with the election of Trump, like all these people are having this like, you know, tugging at their collars moment that like, ooh, geez, did uh, did we melt an entire nation of people's brains so badly that uh, we elected Donald Trump president? Maybe. Oopsie. And I think it's telling that there are ways to wiggle out of this involve hiring never Trump conservatives to run oppo research for them and putting the weekly standard in charge of what the weekly standard, the people most responsible for perpetrating the conspiracy theory that Saddam Hussein had a nuclear weapons program that was active and capable of producing a warhead, mm. putting those people in charge of deciding what is the standard of factiness and truth in the news stories that are being shared on uh, its website. Ultimately, like bourgeois media is only going to be able to fight the reactionary uh, tendencies of bourgeois media with more bourgeois media. Like, it, it's just it's just an endless cycle. It's never going to work. There's no, like, until we actually have some kind of large public media apparatus, like, this is just going to go forever. This is going to require actual infrastructure. There is no reason why we shouldn't have been able to predict Donald Trump's win. But we couldn't because every uh, local newspaper in, in America, every major city newspaper in a place that went Trump that maybe shouldn't have has basically been replaced by like, you know, Sinclair their own localized, yeah, their own localized BuzzFeed or whatever. No one has any, you know, money for anything. There should be actually a large publicly owned media with local bureaus in every major place that's actually reporting on what's going on in the country because... I mean, otherwise, it's just going to be this internecine warfare between tech companies and like shitty bourgeois media. It's just it's never going to it's never going to produce any kind of balance. It's never going to benefit people. And it was never intended to. Because it can't because because news is not profitable. It never was. I mean, that that kind of news was not, was uh, certainly broadcast uh, uh, 
uh, news was never profitable. Yeah. That's why early, uh, that's why the fairness factor existed, why there were equal time rules in early television. And then eventually we just decided we don't need any of that. And all of a sudden, why is everyone's frontal lobe just dissolving into goo? Well, um, any further closing thoughts about uh, Facebook and their uh, efforts to avoid regulation? May the best man win. Everyone play fair. Good luck. Have the best game of your lives. Clear highs, full hearts, can't lose. Now, so moving on for our, our, our last story of uh, this episode, I want to talk a little bit about our acting attorney general, Matthew Whitaker. You, you, you folks heard about this guy? You folks heard about this Matt Whitaker? Um, you know, apologies to everyone. I think I may have helped cause this guy to padlock his account. Uh, we're we're going to get into it, but this guy is just, he's the perfect bird brain for our time. This is a gamer, a scam artist who uh, also does CrossFit. It's it's uh, no, he's sort of like a he looks like a Judge Holden figure, Matt. And I, I know I know I think you might agree. Yeah, he's a big boy, big ball boy. Uh, definitely looks like he could bench press a little bit. Uh, yeah, he's a former athlete, although apparently not as good as he claims he was. I can't believe anyone would do that. Uh, yeah, no, he is, he's just like, he was born from just the middle of the country. He just, he just burst out of the ground like John Goodman in Raising Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> so this comes Curtis. This is a, a little, a little look into the, uh, the personality and career of Matthew Whitaker, courtesy of Dana Milbank at the Washington Post. I'm just going to read a little bit here. In addition to his exotic legal views and his lack of relevant expert experience, Matthew G. Whitaker was already known to have hawked hot tub seats for a business that shut down this year after reaching a $26 million settlement with the Federal Trade Commission for defrauding customers. But that's just the beginning of his crack pottery. During the current U.S. Attorney General's time on the company's advisory board from 2014 onward, World Patent Marketing, that's the company he was on the board of, World Patent Marketing, Claimed Sounds incredibly that, quote, legitimate. This company World Star <laughs> World Star Marketing <laughs> claimed that DNA evidence collected in 2013 proves that Bigfoot does exist and had a website selling Bigfoot paraphernalia and planned a celebrity <laughs> event called You Have Been Squatched, as in Sasquatched. Now, Matt, when we were in Portland, Maine, we did visit the International Museum of Cryptozoology. And I did not see anything about this new evidence from 2013 conclusively using DNA to prove the existence of Bigfoot. I mean, frankly, I'm a little disappointed that the International's uh, Cryptozoological Museum didn't have this information there. They're clearly behind the times a little bit. And nor did they have in their gift shop a T-shirt that said, I got squatched at the International Museum of Cryptozoology in Portland, Maine. Well, that would be stealing squatched valor. If you didn't actually get squatched... Or, you know, I, I fucked the Squatch. <laughs> <laughs> I got brains from the Squatch. <laughs> Getting top from the Squatch. Getting squatched. <laughs> that's, 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 the, that's the greatest brag of all time. It's like, yeah, you could say you fucked whoever, but I've fucked every cryptid. <laughs> I'm getting rare dome. Squatch is really uh, the Kate Upton of the woods. Yeah. Yo, no shit. Nessie deep-throated me. Uh, uh, world star patents uh, also asserted that time travel could be possible quote perhaps within the next decade 
and tried to raise money using Bitcoin for time travel research by one of Whitaker's fellow board members. The company suggested users might relive moments from your past or visit your future. I don't think world patent marketing is really grasping enough with the concept of what time travel being yeah. possible would mean. Oh, yeah. You can visit the future, dude. You just sit in this room and boom, dude, you're already traveling. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, I got to hand it to them. You know, we've seen the two directions that sort of GOP consulting firms can go in. They can either go in you know, uh, Decision Takers, Inc. That, <laughs> uh, we'll just decision smear, takers smear Inc. everyone as a filthy Jew. Or this, which is just the other type, just some total bird brain shit where, the, where they're like, yo, we're going to find Quasimodo. <laughs> um, I, like, I like the idea of someone using Bitcoin to research time travel and then pitching World Star Patent Marketing and being like, I've developed an experimental way to go into the future. Yes, it is possible. You get inside our time capsule and it will take you into the future one second at a time <laughs> and you, you, it locks you in there for a period of time and when you get out of it, mm-hmm. you will have traveled then into the there. future yeah. and then Matt Whitaker's like, Damn, I'm going to find out who won the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Matt Whitaker tried to patent the phrase every day is a gift. That's why we call it the present. But again, I I don't again, I'm I'm just a little concerned. Matthew Whitaker hasn't really grappled with the concept of uh, time travel and seems to think it would be uh, great to, you know, go on a vacation so you can like meet yourself at summer camp when you were happy or something like that. That is that is like that's cool because it gives an insight into like how different people would use time travel. Like, everyone's hack answers, like, oh, yeah, I'd stop Hitler, I'd stop 9-11, but this is just like... Yeah, but look I, at I could have I I made the varsity team if he's I had just so gone back. He's so earnest looking. Like, yeah. you can see it in his... He looks like a My Buddy doll with alopecia. <laughs> he's, he's so earnest. He's a deeply earnest person. This is Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes being in charge of things. You know, you know what he's got? He, he There's... You've talked about dumb face before. Yes. This guy has like get scammed face. Oh, yeah. He's a mark. <laughs> yeah. You can see him a mile yeah. away. Well, I can spot him. Here's the other part about the time traveling scam. Because if he says, if it is indeed true that time travel could be possible within a decade, that like there exists out there some technology or some scientific theorem that will make time travel possible in the future, then it's already happened. Time travel already oh. exists, and people are already it's traveling back in time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, if time re- time travel is theoretically possible, then time travel is already happening, and many people around us, even, perhaps even Matt Whitaker, could be from a future or an alternate past. You think the, about that. Got the future head. <laughs> got the aerodynamic head that you know everyone's going to have in the future. So that's a te- dead giveaway. But uh, World Star Patent Marketing does not end there. This is probably even more than the, than the Bigfoot. By the way, Leslie Coburn just lost to the GOP Bigfoot erotica guy. And now our acting attorney yeah. general thinks, also thinks Bigfoot is real. Um, I'm just, just, just noting that, that there does seem to be a big overlap between cryptid researchers and GOP politicians and now acting attorney generals of the United States. We've we know what that means. We have to take care about how research. Trump could end up proposing some sort of Bigfoot force to, as, as an economic stimulus to just hire young people to go into the woods to try to kill Bigfoot. And I think now it's inevitable with these guys around him. I mean, it just means the left has to take cryptozoology back. That's it. 
We can't let the right dominate it. So aside from the Bigfoot and time travel patents that they were trying to, to mint here, this, act, this next one is actually my favorite. The company announced in the same media release heralding Whitaker's appointment to the board a patent application for an extra deep, quote, masculine toilet for the well-endowed, specifying, uh, yeah. specifying the size of the average male genitalia, the release said. This invention is designed for those of us who measure longer than that. Yo, dude, no shit. My dick's so long, I actually got it stuck in the septic tank. <laughs> who doesn't love just getting a UTI from your own diarrhea? Getting the witch's kiss of your dick dangling into the toilet bowl? Now, they do provide a link to this announcement. And I'm just going to read now from inventvillage.com. Announces the marketing launch of the masculine toilet. Fellas, mm -hmm. aren't you tired of taking a, taking a damn shit on a feminine ass toilet? <laughs> I'm, I just, aren't, fellas, aren't you sick yeah. of putting your doo doo in a feminine toilet bowl? Okay, if we're being perfectly honest though here, and I am not a urologist or a doctor except in Puerto Rico, but isn't the more likely thing that the testicles would land in the water rather than the actual penis? Well, one, one would. <laughs> But I think uh, if you got a real hog, <laughs> I mean, whom amongst us hasn't been late for a job interview, a uh, personal engagement, a podcast recording? Because once again, your toilet that is made for women flushed your entire dick and balls down the toilet. <laughs> it happens to me probably once a week and it's never stops being embarrassing getting the super of my building to fish into the plumbing to get my dick out. <laughs> According to inventvillage.com, in a conventional toilet, the toilet bowl and seat have an egg shape. The egg shape is in an oval in which one end has a more narrow curvature than the other. That is the, oval, essentially the... like ovum. It's a feminine yeah. shape. This, essentially, they are describing the concept of that shape. Um, the narrow end of the oval is roughly V-shaped, and the border end of the oval is roughly U-shaped. In a conventional toilet, the V-shaped end forms the front of the toilet bowl, and the U-shaped end forms the back of the toilet bowl, which is located towards the seat and hinge and tank. The narrow curvature at the front of the toilet creates limited space for male genitalia when a male sits on the toilet seat. This <laughs> limited space can cause contact from male genitalia with portions of the toilet, which is undesirable as those portions may be contaminated from human waste. Changing the shape of the current toilet system is only half of the equation. The second half of the equation involves changing both A, the height of the rim, which needs to be increased, and B, the surface of the water level, which needs to be decreased. This will prevent contact with the water and its contents itself, whereas the first solution only prevents contact with the porcelain. The distance between the rim and water surface needs to be long enough to ensure there is no risk of contact. The average male genitalia is between five and six inches. However, this invention is designed for those of us who measure longer than that. I estimate that a 12-inch distance is adequate enough for the most well-endowed man. Dude, what's the problem? Just do what the rest of us guys do and throw it over your shoulder while you're sitting on the toilet. Like a tie. Yeah. So... Yeah, that is that is one of the world star patent from inventvillage.com. Right. The masculine toilet for those of us, you know, who have a problem of just your dick is too big to take a shit. But this the thing to remember is, is it's not like they thought of, of these. Like this wasn't his idea. 
the company provided patent legal help for people who had an idea. So this was some dumbass who thought that his hog toilet would be a success who came to them and they said, we're going to help you with that. By the way, that'll be thousands of dollars, Yeah, which he then gave them. And they're in a bunch of lawsuits and federal investigations for scamming dullards out of money. And then they used Will Whitaker and his status as a former U.S. attorney to basically try to threaten them into dropping the lawsuits. I mean, it's just pure scam artistry, something that I can't believe the former head of Trump University would sign off on. <laughs> Listen to this. This is back Trump to Trump University, the true masculine toilet. Back to the uh, back to Dana Milbank here. It says of Whitaker on his Senate Judiciary Committee questionnaire in 2003, when he was tapped to be a U.S. attorney, he was asked to list the most significant cases he litigated. The top two a personal injury claim resulting from driver of automobile driving over Mr. Harkness's leg and a breach of contract and negligence claim arising out of dry cleaning performed by Lennox cleaners that operated out of a Hy-Vee store in Creston, Iowa. <laughs> so Lionel Hutz, but like more incompetent. Uh, so in his experience with world patent marketing, he, uh, the posts Carol D. Lenning and Rosalind S. Helderman reported, Whitaker wrote a series of letters on behalf of the company. The Justice Department said Whitaker has said he was not aware of any fraudulent activity. So in his capacity as a U.S. attorney, he was like, the time travel Bigfoot uh, big dick toilet patent marketing company is not engaged in any fraudulent behavior whatsoever. A photo places him in the Florida offices where there were always handsome, well-built guys coming and going, according to an FTC filing. Again, I don't know why that was in an FTC filing, that handsome and well-built men were stocked throughout the entire campus of world patent marketing. Will there be handsome and well-built men at the Amazon H2Q headquarters? I doubt it. Doubt it. It overlooked, yeah, those guys it, it got says, no according dip. to the FTC filing, the company overlooked a full nudity strip club called Tootsie's Cabaret. And when the FTC searched the Florida offices, it found 115 prescriptions, primarily for testosterone and syringes. <laughs> World patent marketing websites, in addition to selling Bigfoot, also offered phone cases featuring photos of nearly nude women. A promotional video features Whitaker's advisory board. This is like a 15 year old's idea of what being a cool guy that gets laid is. They give us phone cases with girls in bikinis on them. I, 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 I wanna, I, they should have had those pens where if you turn them upside down, it's like, oh, the bathing yeah. suit just yeah. falls away. Yeah, it's just yeah. naked. This they gave us all dancing hula girls for our Prius dashboards. Yeah, no shit. I actually get to sleep in my Corvette. <laughs> it says uh, a promotional video, video features Whitaker's advisory board colleague kicking and punching people in kickboxing matches. <laughs> Whitaker... <laughs> In Home Shopping Network style, promoted a razor blade that, quote, easily folds into itself. <laughs> so, again, acting U.S. Attorney General. That's the. Hell yeah. And it's like Trump is obviously the main exemplar of this because he had Trump University, which was just an explicit scam. This guy is just a cheap grifter of, the, of just the, the least sophisticated variety. This guy is basically one step above when Homer just used the auto dialer to ask people to send him a dollar. <laughs> but the thing is, is that this has always like been a huge component of American capitalism, obviously, but it used to sort of be in the background, you know, 
you you didn't have the actual president and attorney general doing it, and it just does seem like it indicates how we have reached this cannibal state where the just there's nothing left to do. The horizons of in, of uh, investment have shrunk. All that's left to do is just cannibalize everything until it's just a picked clean skeleton. And that means that you exalt these absolute frauds who say, yeah, I, I told these idiots that I could make the money off their dong toilet idea, but they gave me the money, and that is justification for it. The fact that it worked. Um, I mean, I, I don't think this is exactly new territory, though. Honestly, I mean, I'm not. No, is, I'm I, I mean, the, uh, this person being the attorney general is new. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. What about the fucking? What about the fucking Warren G. Harding administration? We've been. We've kind of been here before. Yeah, Felix. What about it? It was Tell cool. It was cool, and I'm glad we're going back there. Were there, were there hog toilets? No, no, no. Because were there no, feet? no, no. Where are their big feet? No, because it was understood back then because there weren't chemtrails yet, and the average dick size for men was ten inches. Next question. <laughs> they were just tripping over their <laughs> yeah. own hogs constantly. Yeah. That's why they used no, outhouses. No, it was actually yes. like, uh, they, like the, the, third... the Harding administration was incredibly uh, corrupt. You know, they did all kinds of insane shit, but it was all graft. It was all behind the scenes graft stuff. Hey, you want to you want to siphon some oil out of our dome? Go for it. But this would be like if Dr. John Brinkley, the guy who implanted goat testicles into farmers' ball sacks because he told them it would make them potent again, was the Surgeon General. (laughs) (laughs) I I just, I don't know. I mean, like the fucking height of the Cold War, guys in the CIA were just openly running off with hundreds of millions of dollars of Semtex and openly. Yeah, but Felix, it wasn't as funny. I'm not saying corruption is new. I'm saying just. The idea that you could become a public figure having done this stuff in the past and having gotten away with it is, is basically all you need is justification to have nobody but my mind. That's different. Look, I think we can safely say that at no point in American history has anyone dumb enough to literally say, if I was a GM in the NFL, I'd take a chance on Tebow right now. No, no one that stupid has ever been attorney general. Again, I don't know. It just it feels like treaded ter- It's funnier. It's funnier. It is probably a little more blatant. And the people, the dumbest people are in like, they definitely have bigger titles than those of the past. But it doesn't feel particularly new to me for America. Well, I, I'm, I'm here for it. I like it. And I think, you know, basically the people. It's because you want that toilet. I, well, I need that toilet, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, the people who are involved in Bigfoot multi-level marketing schemes, I think they will be the people staffing government. But like the people running Facebook and Amazon and Google, they will be the new government in that like the multi-level marketing scheme. Attorney generals will basically be in charge of how can we better facilitate their, um, I don't know, new uh, corporate slave program or something like that. Well, we're Twitch partners, so we're basically senators now. All right. Provided that. TOS isn't repeatedly violated. The only way you can be impeached, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I think that about does it for uh, this week's episode. I think my closing thoughts on uh, Facebook is that they should be shuttered tomorrow and that all these big tech companies and Amazon should be nationalized and that there is absolutely no way you can ever, ever do any kind of public good or be of any benefit to humanity while you make that much money. Yep. I think it's basically impossible. It's and too much money. You don't get that much. No one gets that much. And Cheryl, you get it. And Cheryl, Ms. Sandberg, 
stop stop leaning so much. Maybe maybe chill out on on leaning into um or sort of leaning America into a new sort of corporate feudal uh feudal state. Yeah, grown ass woman talking about lean in. You need to lean into a damn job. How about you take uh take Fat Joe's advice and lean back? <laughs> All right, guys. Till next time. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Love ya.